0: Sync podcast bonus episode. I put my hands up in the air when I did that <laughs> to add extra effect and joy to the uh, speaking of it. Like a gospel preacher. <laughs> very much. Hark indeed. I'd like to imagine that came across um, audibly. I would hope so. This is the bonus episode for the book Till Death and we will start as always with a quick review of our editions and I have the Penguin edition which features the very literal cityscape well, not the very little cityscape. The cityscape's just a cityscape. That's on most of those, though, isn't it's it? On this particular book. With the badge. That. The badge and a ring case with a little black widow spider in it, mm-hmm. which uh-huh. looks symbolic but is literal. It looks
1: a bit like the mastermind chair
0: it... in the distance.
1: <laughs> mastermind chair
2: covered in cotton wool. Um, well, <laughs> Black Widow, I wonder what its specialist subject would be. Who <laughs> the not.
1: novels of Ed <laughs> McBain, maybe. For uh, listeners who Hark perhaps podcast. didn't
0: grow up in the period that we did, in the place that we did, Mastermind <laughs> is a long-running quiz programme where a member of the public, or occasionally a celebrity, sits in a famous black chair and is asked a series of questions on a specialist subject, by, a series of questions...
1: By an Icelandic person.
0: <laughs> but yeah, but then a series of questions on general knowledge, originally by Magnus Magnusson.
1: Who, and it spawned a board game which had absolutely no um,
0: Was that in any way connected?
1: No, no connection whatsoever, other than the front cover of the board game which had a grumpy looking man sat down in a leather chair Flanked by a (laughs) Filipino woman. Um, And it was just, you had this little thing that you had to put coloured pegs
0: in a certain order and you had to guess it through elimination and a peg yes or no system. I think everyone I knew had the Mastermind board game. It came in a long rectangular box. It
1: is. That's one weird cover.
0: It was weird. I don't think it had anything to do with the TV show. I think show. it was just a
1: coincidence, wasn't it? It had nothing to do with it. I don't know how they were able to keep going with the name. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, we're talking about it 40 years <laughs> after when it had anything it had to do contra- with it. So it still rages. There's still <laughs> some uncertainty to this
0: day. Everybody of our age, somewhere in our parents' house, there's a random biscuit tin full of like little odds and sods yep. that they've got, to, like dice and random playing pieces, yep. and loads of the pegs and the little... Little yellow mushroom things you put in the Mastermind Absolutely. board.
1: Do you remember the Filipino one? I remember the cover, yeah.
0: I just, it was a stupid game. It was a logic yeah. puzzle. It wasn't like playing Space Invaders on the Commodore Plus 4. Uh, and it was no bookaroo, that's for sure. Boy. Well, you can, you, 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 can, you can buy it on
1: eBay at this very moment for £4.99.
0: I feel that I may have to put a picture of both Magnus Magnuson and the Mastermind board game up on the blog... So, do direct your attentions to heart87podcast. Heart? heart? <laughs> Hark87podcast.blogspot.com. Oh
1: look at that weirdo. He is quite weird. We are
0: looking now. He is very weird, anyway. Let's not linger on um, <laughs> on this. Let's just say that my cover, which has triggered Steve O's reverie about the mastermind chair, was published in Penguin Books 64, in this edition is the 1978 edition. So, again, the year I was born. And you two guys have got the... Um, the
1: UK Orion again. Indeed.
0: And which you've got the single volume edition, oh, Steve. Have, eh?
1: yeah. and you And mine's the uh,
2: 2008 Omnibus with the Con Man, which I didn't need because I already had the nice Penguin edition, but to be honest, it was, it was £1 in whichever charity shop it was, so I
0: thought, I'll just get it. If anyone needs a copy of the Con Man, Morgan has promised that he will tear his book in <laughs> half. Absolutely. And send it to you, yeah. page by page. In yeah, the post. That's right,
2: yeah. But one scenery. at a time. You, you, you can't have my nice penguin edition, but you can have the, the torn off bits of this one.
1: <laughs> my um, Mine's not got a price in the front, which leads me to believe...
2: You stole it? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> in order to read them in order, I ended up getting a hell of a lot off eBay ah, or yeah. in order to... Um, I think I had a, a good stockpile and then... Started and then had to fill in the gaps. So perhaps this was an internet purchase.
0: Something from the news that I've noticed today was that independent bookshops pay something like eleven percent more corporation tax than Amazon. So we reiterate our core message: is if you're looking for these books, yes, you can buy them from the Amazon Thomas and Mercer imprint, and it's good that you can buy them in some form of print edition. But go hunting. Support your local bookshop. There are so many. These are one of these sets of books that are in circulation. If you don't know the author, you just walk on by. But it's the same if you're going to buy Colin Dexter's Morse novels, any Agatha Christie, anything like that. Graham Greene, Orwell Woodhouse. Go to the independent bookshops. Buy them there. Because they are struggling against these tax free giant they are
2: also you'll get a more interesting uh, edition of the book which has a bit of history as we found yes indeed um, and it'll just uh, enrich your experience I wonder I wonder what Waterstones stock as their
1: standard McBean none none whatsoever there's
0: currently the reissues of some of the yellow oh, yellow cover crime ones that are not non non series editions. Yeah, like hard Case crime. Hard things. case crime, that's the yeah. one. Who are doing great imprints yeah. like, of like classic ones with proper pulpy covers. Oh that
1: I bought a Donnelly Westlake um, oh. just this weekend. Yeah. His great lost
0: novel which I So never that's heard what of. they're publishing. Yeah. But if you if you see any McBain's in Waterstones, it will only be those because the only current imprint is the Amazon Thomas and Mercer edition. Oh. But that's the the books we've got there. So, oh, there wasn't even a book huffing this week, Steve-O, because you've got new editions, so... No, I had a bit it's of a... It's not
1: s- really had, very fragrant. I had a bit of a sniff, and uh, one out of ten. Four, we didn't, yeah.
2: didn't really discuss the cover of this, did we? It's not very exciting. It probably isn't, doesn't merit discussion. But yours is
1: quite confusing, because they've almost... Well, it's the same. It is the same. <laughs> oh, I thought yours was like a split... No, with the con man in this area. Well, no, they've I've just they've, noticed. They've, uh, it's basically, it's the
0: exactly front the of the bridal a bridal shirt, a groom's shirt with some, still some red wine some, on it.
2: Yeah, and some of some Yeah, it's not particularly inspiring, but but there you go. What you Perhaps better
0: than some of the ones that they've chosen. Very true. Morgan, you had some comment to make. About oh, I had, this, had some. Didn't some, go into the main podcast. Some deeply
2: minor trivia. Um, just deeply deep, minor. Deep, minor. Uh, deeply <laughs> minor. It's not not just superficially minor. It, it's 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 um, yeah. it's no, if you just start grading our trivia on on its level. It's, its quite, depth level. Really quite terrifically minor. Um, I just went off on a tangent when I was reading it because I I was around page one hundred and twenty six in my edition um the it's the narrator's discussing uh, the behavior of the children at the wedding and he's noting that uh, here's dance floor to run around with gear band and slickly waxed perfect uh, for sliding and spilling but uh, this was better than getting captain video's in person autograph well, i was captain thinking tin video who on earth is captain video i thought well i'm thinking exactly the same thing now i didn't pick so, up so i i i went and found out who captain video was oh I'm this is Oh, this is exciting. So, Captain Video, as far as I uh, I can gather, was the very first um, network TV sci-fi series... So the first network TV sci-fi. I think the, the first regular TV sci-fi series, which ran... I th- I'm doing this from memory because I should have made notes, which I didn't. City I think Vosage. it ran from 1952 to 56. Okay. And then there the was a Saturday morning um, movie spin-off and also maybe another TV spin-off. Um, they, it, it's an interesting one. They made thousands and thousands of episodes, but it's... Considered to be more or less a lost series now because there are only a handful still in existence, mm. um, which uh, they were released on a DVD, which I don't think is still in print, and then the, there are uh, maybe two or three more that you can see at some mutant, uh, TV museum somewhere in the states. But it sounds pretty interesting.
1: What did what did, did video? What,
2: what did, did video mean in the nineteen fifties? Then uh, probably nothing to most. Uh,
1: TV audiences, so well, the, the, the video tape didn't exist then, did it?
0: Not well, not used in the way we use it now. But perhaps did the it term exist? "video" in terms of is—I think it's probably a Greek derivation on video. Yeah, isn't it? I guess so. I guess. Yes, I, I think was visual rather than I mean, yeah.
2: possibly. I suspect for the people making the show, it was just um, a futuristic sounding name mm, they could give mm, this yeah. guy. So I think he he's just just uh, travelled through space, sort of. I don't know if he actually particularly like had a, a major reason for existence. Apparently, also um, existed through different times without any particular explanation of why. And also, like uh, every half-hour episode was padded out with ten minutes of random bits of uh, old cowboy movies, crowbarred into the middle. <laughs> Um, so there'd be a, a bit where Captain Video would go, now let's check out our, our what's happening with our agents back on Earth, and then there'd be ten minutes of some western, <laughs> and then they cut back to the sci-fi. Brilliant. Uh, and all, all the props, apparently, you could tell were just made out of found household objects <laughs> and things you get from the hardware store. It sounds amazing. I really want to see it.
0: Brilliant. If anyone knows anything about Captain Video, let us know because this is this is sounds astonishing. So was Flash Gordon a cinema series? I
2: think Flash Gordon was was a, a more of a kind of a Saturday morning kind of cinema series rather than a TV series. Yeah. Oh, this is fascinating stuff. As far as I'm aware, and yeah, this Captain Video show aired every night from half past six to seven. I think.
0: Brilliant.
2: So they they just made thousands of them and just cobbled together these the vague plot lines every night for, for four years.
0: Oh, that sounds great. Oh, no, I'd love to. I'm going to have to have a look into that. That sounds very interesting. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed discovering uh, about that. Captain Video. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, I've got some. Oh, there was one question. There was one question that was submitted to us. It was submitted to us by um, Henry Brock, author of Vicious Dogs, the crime novel that is apparently reinventing hard boiled noir. Gosh. So, hello, Henry, in Thunder Bay, Ontario. This author has sent us a question. This author has sent us a question. It's amazing. But but I don't know whether we're officially allowed to talk about it, because we have mentioned this a little bit in the past, and actually, in about two years' time, we'll be discussing (laughs) it in detail at the rate we're going. And the question was, did the book Ghosts Scare You? Because he found it fabulously creepy.
1: Oh, that, is that the ridiculous one where a ghost commits a crime?
0: Well, you know, I don't want to ruin this I'm for not, people. This might put people off the entire, entire series if partway through, some someone just goes, "Boo!" I can't
2: rap. I, I can't remember being scared by it. No, do, do you know it made so little impression on me that I thought I hadn't read it until I discovered it on my shelf and then glanced at it and went, "Oh, yeah." So. Isn't it more ridiculous than scary?
0: Well, I don't know whether coming. I I suspect my memory of it is more that it was scary, but that I didn't like it in terms of the way it sat in the mm. in the sort of canon of the books themselves. But let us not overly pass judgment now, other to other than to say our shudder when the name ghosts is mentioned is not necessarily because we are scared. No, and we would be interested to hear what what it was about it that. sort of sold it for you in those terms
1: but in 2021 we'll be thrashing through (laughs) Um, that uh, very issue
2: it might be (laughs) that when when we reread it we'll feel differently about it we may well do Um, we'll we'll be
0: different people then we will as we are now from the time (laughs) we read it before that's just the way things go but thank you for your your question and we will uh, yeah do get involved let us know what you think Anyway, I've got my favourite bit of research, which is a bit of oh, broader Ed McBain stuff for you. Excellent. A couple of episodes ago, we released an episode which ended up entitled Bernard Breslau stars as Poirot. I'd just like you to bear that in mind when I read out what I'm about to read out.
1: Bernard Breslaw to star in Poirot remake.
0: <laughs> it would be...
1: The nephew of,
0: of Comedy giant, Bernard Breslau.
1: Yeah, he was a comedy giant. too. was. He was, uh, it was great. Who can forget him in one of our dinosaurs is missing. And, and whatever was that, Chinese um, man,
2: whatever that Doctor Who was, where he was The Ice goes,
0: Warriors. Tss, tss, tss. Yeah. He was good in that. He was. Anyway, so Till Death, the book we've been discussing, was released in 1959. So, as I say, we're 50 year, 58 years off when it was released. But I want to take you back to 1959. Now, I'd like to take you 27 years forward from that. <laughs> Okay. I'm, I'm we're getting a bit
2: time sick here. Yeah,
0: well, you mentioned Doctor Who, so now we're flying around in time. But we've flown to basically 1986, and we've flown to the 16th of June in our Ed McBain time machine. Time machine here. <laughs> time machine. <Mc-sheen. laughs> it was built by some Scott McBain's machine. <laughs> <The> time machine. Time <laughs> machine. That was from that short-lived range of popular science fiction novels that are published was in that, Scottish vernacular. Was that on before, after Supergram? <laughs> it was in the middle. Oh, Supergram no. was like Captain Video. <laughs> Captain Video <laughs> Sorry. But I'm also taking you not to New York or the fictional equivalent. I'm taking you to Shepherd's Bush in London. And I'm taking you specifically to... Pebble
1: Mill. Oh, no, that was in Birmingham. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yes, but you're getting the idea. Basically, yeah. I'm taking you to the... T- it was on Wogan. The BBC Television Centre... Uh, Television Theatre, sorry, not Television Centre, oh, right. which was where Wogan was based. That so, was a guess. So was your episode of Wogan? Ed McBain appeared on an episode of Wogan. Oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's a that. <laughs> for listeners around the world, if you don't know... <laughs> oh, my God. Terry Wogan was a, a disc jockey mm. who became a TV presenter, and he was very, very popular for a long time, and he had a long-running chat show, which was... He just had some amazing guests uh, on, didn't he? Of which, on the sixteenth of June, nineteen eighty-six, he had Ed McBain on. That's tremendous. With guess. another writer called Michael Corder, who I don't know anything about. And sad to say, Wogan himself didn't present that episode.
1: Oh, no. was it? There um, was that woman who used to. Um, uh, oh, who used a newsreader. To, oh, yes, um, Sue Lawley.
0: Not one of those ones.
1: Angela Rippon? No. Um, I could give you a really convoluted
0: clue. Uh, go on then. I saw a lot of cars. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, there was a Vauxhall and a Peugeot. Anna Ford. Oh. It was Anna Ford, the newsreader. Sorry, I was trying to think of that when I was saying it, and suddenly realised I couldn't think of any cars. But Anna Anna Ford was. Presenting this episode with Ed McBain on, which is an interesting thing. But what I'd like to also do, to link all this stuff together, so it isn't just the ramblings of a man who's done some research and just written down whatever he found. (laughs) Another guest on that episode was Kenneth Williams. Oh, my God. So, finally, the Ed McBain carry-on film link has been found... Kenneth Williams, star of the Carry On films for a very long time, even though he hated most of them, I think, <laughs> by the end. We need
1: to find out which novel Ed McBain wrote after, directly after featuring can... on
2: Wogan. And uh, which character There might be a character in there. Based on so... Kenneth Williams. Yeah. No, well, based on uh, Terry Wogan. The,
0: or uh, Anna Ford, indeed. Um, he, it would have been probably... Poison or tricks or lullaby. Oh. Mm. oh, lullaby is like a dark one, isn't it? I think. Oh, is it about a TV star or a film star? <laughs> who? So, uh, yeah. Look up Kenneth Williams. He's very. I like Kenneth Williams. Very interesting. Very oh, complex character, uh-huh. isn't he? Yes, but it's our link between Ed McBain. Okay. And the Carry On film. I think
2: basically what we're saying is that the 87th Precinct and the Carry On movies exist in the same Same continuous universe. universe. That's it, yeah.
0: There's a reference to that appearance on the show in Kenneth Williams' diaries, sadly not mentioning Ed McBain. Oh. Monday, 16th of June. I'm not going to do it in Kenneth Williams' voice. Oh. (laughs) He did the voice of Willow the Wisp, didn't he? He He did, yeah. In his diary for Monday the 16th of June, Kenneth Williams said, Wogan, hosted by Anna Ford, I was on first. Talk a lot of blether, but mentioned the book. Don't know what book he's talking about. Got away early, but no, the bloody fans were waiting in that alley. Oh, they're such a pain in the arse. Refused to sign, (laughs) etc., and drove away quickly. Charming. Yeah, that's Kenneth Williams to a T. I imagine he's a
1: complex character. He was a
0: complex character. Imagine McBain hung out to
1: meet. All his fans. Did he famously go on Barbara Windsor's Honeymoon?
0: Yes, when she got married, he decided to go along. Let's not turn this into a carry-on podcast, but yes, he was a complex man. so We day. start now with the first film. <laughs> carry-on, Sergeant. Oh, God. Which gives us a Doctor Who link, because William Hartnell was a sergeant in it. I think we've mentioned that before. But one thing I would like to mention to uh, our listeners abroad is you may know of Wogan if you know of David Icke. Because in 1991, David Icke, who was, to us, was just a guy who presented grandstand and used to be a footballer, went on to the Terry Wogan chat show, where people normally go to have a bit of a laugh and promote their book, and announced he was the son of God and the world was run by shape-changing lizards. Yep. A belief that he maintains and has enhanced to this day.
1: Yeah, I think you (laughs) see see him up in Southport quite soon, actually. Close. He's doing
0: a
2: show about it. Yep, a show about it. Great show, yeah. Big musical numbers, loads of laughs. He used to wear fairly terrible tr- um, tracksuits. Oh, he, he's renowned for his tracksuits. Yeah, Yeah, they
0: were pretty, pretty noteworthy.
2: Mm. Uh, almost he might be right. who <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! I
0: believe though that that's he's fairly well known around the world for his conspiracy theories, which would please him no end. Mm. <laughs> he used to play golf for Hereford United, I think. He did. But that was in the 70s, wasn't it? I think so, Before we yeah. started presenting Grandson. Yeah, not anymore.
1: It doesn't bang up.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, probably <laughs> a lizard in gold for Hereford United now. Oh, probably, now. yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the I world... His
0: new theory involves the moon being a kind of special shield that prevents us from seeing reality. While I'm quite happy for people to believe what they want to believe, it's rubbish. Do you think he, he watched They Live and got a bit carried away? Apparently, he had a revelation while going into a newsagent's on the Isle of Man.
1: No, he didn't. <laughs> you made that up, <laughs> you?
0: You think I've made that up? I might have got the Isle wrong, but it might be, No, it might be the Isle of Wight, maybe. <laughs> if uh, that makes all the difference. <laughs> so, there's a bit of, as Kenneth Williams put it, blether about. blether indeed. spun off from Edmund Bain's till death. So, now steve I was frantically trying yeah. to find out about no, I was just checking. news agents in the Isle of Wight.
1: No, I was just checking he, he had played for Herofy United and he had, so I was just checking I was correct
0: about that. Excellent stuff. <laughs> well, I think we might draw this one to a close. <laughs> I've talked about the conspiracy theories of an ex-footballer. I've mentioned Kenneth Williams, who probably... Do Bernard Breslau, who Bernard uh,
1: is now playing Inspector Morse. Barrow. <laughs> and it was... Um, it was Inspector Morse. That uh, was,
0: Kenneth uh, Connor. Yeah. I don't know. Kenneth uh, <laughs> <yeah>. Connor. <laughs> Apologies everyone for this turning into some British ephemera again. Please keep listening. Do, <laughs> please, do, please do rate us and reviewers. Nicely. Please. Please. We'll be back soon with King's Ransom. Goodbye. <laughs> Very well.